Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan on this extended show until 8 o'clock because we're bringing you live commentary of Leinster against La Rochelle, the Heineken Champions Cup final live from Marseille. Right now, though, Football Saturday. Remember, football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. Liverpool face Real Madrid in an unmissable Champions League final this evening live on BT Sports. You can text us 53106, tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation, listen on News Talk around the country, but also watch us on the digital and social channels. For Periscope and Twitter, at Off the Ball. YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app for iOS and Android. Joined by the football correspondent of the Irish Independent, Dan McDonnell, the UEFA Pro Licence coach, Shane Keegan and our special guest live in studio here in Dublin, the ex-Liverpool and Republic of Ireland defender, Mark Lawrenson. Laro, you made it to Dublin on Champions League final day. Can I just tell you that the flight took less time than the waiting for the cab outside the house. <laughs> so nothing's changed over here, is it? Yeah, yeah. You've, had a, you've had a good, like, you maybe haven't been here for a while, but you got right back into, yeah, the, exactly. into the mentality some, of the remembered. angry person around Dublin yeah. going, oh. Some uh, remembered why I've not been coming over on a regular basis. But hey. Uh, I'm just going through the stats here, Laro. 39 caps for the Republic of Ireland under John Giles, Owen Hand and Jack Charlton. Five league titles with Liverpool, an FA Cup, three league cups, a European Cup in 1984. 25 years on the BBC, including match commentary duties at three World Cup finals. Laura, well done. What a great run. Yeah, it was. But you missed Alan Kelly. Alan Kelly was in charge for two games. Yeah. Um, Alan Kelly Sr., yeah. Alan Kelly Sr., yeah. Your yeah. Preston. Who buddy. basically was the reason, one of the reasons why I signed, why I played for Ireland. Yeah. Because uh, he knew my granddad was Irish and said, if I get an Irish passport for you, can you, will you play? I went, yeah. I mean, I was, what, 17 playing in the old third division. So it was quite, um, yeah, it was good. Great. And... Was it Waterford? Was that the yeah Dungarvan? Yeah, yeah Dungarvan. That's it. That's it. My mum used to come over every summer on, for holidays, and in those days, I think they had like one, two, three class in on the train, and I think my granddad put her on the third third class in the well, carriage or whatever. That's all she ever used to tell me. We were always in the third carriage, and I went, mm, I've heard that before. So you've been coming over here for like over four decades. Has it always been flying visits? 77. Always, yeah, fleeting visits or have you got to see the country? No, I've got to see quite a bit of the country. But, you know, the, the first time I came was when I made my debut. So I'd played for Preston on the Saturday afternoon and there was a, a referee from Bolton called Bob Matthewson. He was refereeing the game against Poland for us right. on the Sunday. I sat next to him on the plane. I mean, that wouldn't happen now. Because <laughs> I knew nothing. He was great. He was like, and he said, I'll look after you tomorrow. I went, thanks very much. It's probably a serious ethical breach now or yeah, something. Well, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Banned by your after wife, all those yeah. years. Um, so, and we played on the Sunday against uh, Poland. who were a real top side as well in, well in those days. Giles, he didn't know anything about me. I mean, obviously, it was Jibber, Alan Kelly. He kind of said, let him play, let him play. He's doing all right. So... Um, Played, played on the Saturday, came back on the Sunday to England and played on the Monday night. Three games in four days. You'd Amazing. retire now, wouldn't you? Mm. And you wouldn't were... Allowed. What? Wouldn't be allowed now, oh, would I know. Not you, I know. They, treat, they treat horses better, don't they? You, you were in the nearly team, like Liam Brady. Nearly yourself. team, yeah. yeah. 82, you got injured for 88. Yeah. And in fairness, I mean, Owen Hand actually did a really good job. We We... We had some terrible decisions go against us. I know everybody moans, but we had some real shockers, real, real shockers. So, and really, when you looked at the team that we had, we should have done better. And I think, and proven by Jack coming in, the, the team just needed organising. 
and that's nothing, you know, against Owen. It was just it just needed organising, and obviously got it, and then he kicked off, didn't he? Was that was that the Belgium game that you had the particularly bad decision against? I'm trying to think. Was it Belgium? Belgium, France, yeah, and there was Bulgaria away thrown in as well. There were where they we all jumped up off the bench. Um, I think Jazzy scored a great goal, and Stevie Highway got given offside, which was he wasn't. But hey, and as we jumped off the bench, all the soldiers were behind the bench, mm. and that be guns. And it was like I think you better sit down, better sit down and not yeah. kick up a fuss. And in the second, the, 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 in the uh, second leg, uh, yeah, of that competition, I'll never forget Jazzy's team talk because there was a little number seven played for um, Bulgaria, similar to John, right? And I think he tried to do John in the game. And we were in the, you know, in the little cottage at, at Lansdowne and we used to get changed in there and come out and everything. But I remember he said, there was, it, it was like we all walked in and I thought, right, okay, what? He said, so he named the team and he just said, leave the number seven to me, <laughs> which would be Gilesy. And after about 20 minutes, this number seven got the ball on the left-hand side, right on the apex of the halfway line, right in front of their dugout, Bulgarian's dugout. And Gilesy came from nowhere and absolutely took him out, flattened him. And their, their manager, honestly, he just reached, in, his bum never left the seat, he just reached down, got the number seven by the shirt and just pulled him next to him and he said, Mr Giles, now we play and Johnny went, yep. Yeah. Mm, there we that's go. It. Yeah. yeah, I mean, welcome to football, that was. Was 88 difficult because, you know, it was our first tournament and, you know, you scored against Scotland and you're not the, there. The only, difficult, the only difficult thing was had I, um, in the first game, I went playing golf. I couldn't watch. But once I got over that, I was absolutely fine. I watched every single game after that. But I just couldn't watch because I suddenly realised I was captain of the team when I left. So um, I kind of thought that, you know, could have been me and all that kind of stuff. So You were captain over Frank? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you what happened there because it, um, Jack pulled the two of us and he said, which one of you is older? So we're like, same, when were you born? When were you born? All that kind of stuff. And it was me. And he said, right, you're captain. And about half an hour later, after we finished, Jack sidled up. He said, I knew you were older. <laughs> it's just it's a Jack thing, isn't it? That's interesting. Very that's, a, that's a little man management thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were at golfing. That day, like, did, you, did you go on your own? Did you get someone to go with you? Was it just a case? No, just... no I did a regular four ball. I said, I need to go and play. So, yeah. Mm. I might even have played well for a change. <laughs> were you surprised we won? No, not really. I, d- I didn't think we'd get beat. I mean, you know, we... <laughs> Historically, all our teams from probably late 70s, 80s were always really difficult to play against. Um, and always, obviously, therefore, really difficult to, to beat. So, no, we had, I mean, we had some outstanding players, didn't we, when you, when you really look at the players that we had then. And arguably, maybe even the best team that era. Were you surprised with the way it took off the way it did? Because yeah. Italian 90 just stopped this whole country. Yeah. And then 94 and everything. I was uh, I was working for the Irish Times. We, we spent the whole week, Dan, we spent the whole week like talking about Saipan this week. Yeah. That, that's right, how we, okay. we're so, so captured years. by this. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I went over working for the Irish Times and stuff. So I, I was kind of all part of it. No, it's brilliant, wasn't it? It was, um, as you say, it just took, took the whole country by storm and we were good, weren't we? So, you know, only only we could get to see the Pope, couldn't we? Yeah, but I mean, it's that whole that that whole Jack thing is just. Um, I don't think he ever really realised how big he was. Well, apart from when he went into the pub to cash a cheque, which wasn't cashed <laughs> as we are, and everyone went, "Oh, yes, you." But that that I mean that happened on many many times. Well, or or cadged a fag I, off somebody. I don't, I don't think he liked that, did he? 
What? That story. Well, I know, but it was true. But he no, never... I think it was true, John, to be fair. <laughs> I'm not sure if he paid for a pint in his time in Ireland, to be fair. Or a fag. Yeah, yeah. Or and a I'd... fag. It would all, somebody see somebody smoking and go over and just said, could you... And, oh, yeah, Jack, have a... Yeah. yeah, well, people, I think, were happy to do it, weren't they? Yeah, but, of course you were. But I'm, just, I'm actually curious about that because it was so hard to qualify for tournaments and even that those teams that had the near misses in the early 80s, in mm. particular the ones you referenced, like... Well, we're unseeded, weren't we? Yeah. How do you think they would have done, though? If they, I guess I'm thinking, like, what was the difference between that team and the team of the sort of the late '80s that made it? Was there actually much difference no. in terms of ability? No, I think they just got a little bit of luck as well. Yeah. Um, no, there wasn't. And I mean that um, the, the Scotland night when we won one nil, and um, I scored the goal, left foot, most unusual. Very, very late on in the game, with about five minutes to go. I got, somebody played a ball in the channel and I was playing in midfield and I, I and I, as I got onto it, Hansen came out to mark me and I actually dinked it past him. And I think I said something to him and I tried to score. And if you remember, at the end of the game, Jack came over to me straight away and everybody thought he's going to go, oh, you know, great, great goal, yardy, yardy, that. Oh, he gave me the biggest bollocking ever. He said, why were you trying to score? And I went, well, because that's sort of what we do. He went, you should never even have been in that position. I said, you picked me to play in that position. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he was fine, give me a cuddle and everything like that. But he mullered me, absolutely mullered me. That was the psychology, wasn't it? You yeah. never knew. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, you know, you'll know the story about when he named the team. And, and um, Ronnie Whelan was named at left back. Mm. Paul was named at right back. And we just thought that he got it wrong. But he got the 11 right but not in the right order, a bit like Eric Morecambe. It's like, you know, with the piano and stuff. And um, Ronnie said to me, because we were sat in the dressing room, Ronnie said to me, he said, am I playing left back? And I said, well, it sounds like you are. <laughs> and, he, and he went, what the F? And I went, he said, why aren't you playing left back? I said, don't look at me, it's nothing to do with me. <laughs> and I said, I was, because I was picked to play in midfield, because obviously Sunes was going to play for Scotland and he got injured, thank, thank God. And basically three of their four midfield players were midgets. Which obviously helped us as well, didn't it? So, but yeah, he gave me the biggest bollocking ever, Laura, ever, ever of any manager. His, his obviously there's there's a lot of been a lot of talk over his playing style and all that kind of stuff. What what did you make of the playing style? What did you ask of what you were being asked to do as well, individuals at the time? I was all right because he'd said to the <clears throat> I didn't play in his very first game. I think it was against Wales, wasn't it? Yeah. I think uh, me, Jim Beglin and Ronnie Whelan didn't play. I think we must have had a champion, a European Cup game or something, and. When we we heard afterwards, he said to all the back four players, he said, you do not play in your own half. You do not play. And if you do, I'll take you off. So when I when I saw him then the first time, he said to me, you're playing in midfield. So that was kind of all right. But I mean, O'Leary wasn't happy because obviously he could play David, couldn't he? Um, but he wasn't happy. But then, so without wishing to go on for too long, after the first game, he then said, right, we need to get together because the Liverpool lads weren't there. So we went to Lillyshaw and the idea was to do a bit of training, stay over, have a few beers and then go back to our clubs because it was a free week. And when we got there, it was like hosing it down and everything. And um, Jack said, do you all want to stay? And we just went, no, not really. No, we're happy to, happy to train and have a few beers, but we want to go home because we, we didn't have any free weeks, gen- generally. He said, right, he said, I'll tell you what, we'll just do an hour. So he took us all out onto this training pitch. And he said to me, Ronnie and Jim, he said, right, just watch this. So he went through the free kicks and corners, for and against. 
But also, and it, I think Frank Stapleton Jenny was like organising it all and everything. And Frank was doing it and we were watching. And then we suddenly realised Jack was behind the goal with big golf umbrella, practising his golf swing with his back to us. Right, and then he just shouted and he went, you three Herberts, did you, did you get that? And we, we just went, yeah, Jack. He said, all right, fine, let's go. And that was it? That was it. <laughs> yeah. Some prep. Yeah, I know. It was unbelievable, isn't it? And I think he'd, he'd um, who was, who was, who's a lad he still works for at Newcastle United, Irish boy, John. John Anderson. John Anderson, Ando. And he gave Ando a lift down from Newcastle because Jack lived in Newcastle, down to Lillyshaw. And we said to Ando when he got out, he's like, he, got, he was effing and jeffing Ando. And he went, oh, I said, longest, longest, longest car journey ever. Said, what would you mean? He said, well, he said, hello, Ando, how are you doing? And then he put this tape on, how to fish for fish. <laughs> Apparently, it was, and Ando said, all the way down. And he said, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, that was Jack, wasn't it? That's he's just, I mean, I played for his brother, for, for Bobby. I'm the only person alive to watch you play for Bobby and Jack. Right, right. Oh, wow. And but yeah, where was that now? That was Preston. Preston. And my gra- my stepfather was a director at the club. He helped get Bobby in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so completely different, obviously. And, and Bobby just he didn't like it. He, he just didn't like it. I remember being in charge of the dressing room because she had like a young apprentice in charge of dressing room home games, and if you know they need some studs putting in and all those kind of things and everything. I remember him coming in. With the team sheet, the yellow bit, you used to have a white bit and a yellow bit, mm-hmm. and the yellow bit was the other team and everything. And he came in and he was shaking. He was literally, you know, one of the best players in the world was shaking with this, like, away, you know, the, the, away kit, the away team and everything like that. And it was like, I thought, wow. Yeah. But the only, the only not saying the only good thing, when you played with him, we got every single decision ever. And referees used to call him Mr. Charlton. He's that respected. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and I, you know, he's a, he's a fabulous bloke, but just so completely different from Jack. And um, the, the players all pick up on that with him. That you said, you said, like you saw him shaking coming in. Yeah, the dressing room sort of caught that as well. I assume you know they sort of realise. Yeah, God, he doesn't. You know, but he's just but he, hated it. But he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's a, as you said, he's a national hero oh. at the time. So it's a really uncomfortable one almost. In some and he way. used to he used to love training with the kids, which was us, the youth team. He loved it, absolutely loved it, and we went. We, we drew Man United youth team in the, I think it was a Lancashire F, FA Youth Cup or something like that. And of course, they had like loads of good kids. And we drew nil nil at home, which was a major result for us. So we had to go to Old Trafford for the replay, like one man and his dog in there. But the, Bobby went because Nobby was, Nobby was in charge of us. I mean, what's mad, isn't it? Nobby and Bobby, mm. like amazing. And, um, we got we got centre centre back got sent off. I think he was playing right back. Centre back got sent off for us after about ten minutes. So they said to me, "Go and play at centre back," and um, we got another draw. And they actually the Man United punters booed Bobby and Nobby. Wow! On the way out, you know the big long walk to the dressing room, and it's like, why? You know, it wasn't their fault, was it? I mean, for us, it was a massive result. Yeah. You know, a massive result. Um, yeah, they booed, they booed him. But, yeah. but John, what 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 happened there with Bobby? That that can happen. Like obviously, Carlo Angelotti is, will be over in Madrid tonight. We spoke about Angelotti's book there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Angelotti says in his first gig as a manager, he was in the in the dressing room, team talk ready to go. 
opened his mouth three attempts no words came out on any of the three attempts nah. assistant manager had to jump in and save him and start the team talk and came out with the first few lines and then just turned around to Carlo and went isn't that right Carlo and Carlo just stood there and nodded. Yeah, you know it can happen no matter how big a player you've, you've been it's a different uh, environment when yeah it is I think that could, yeah and, and Bobby I think just a shy person mm-hmm. generally you know and um, yeah I remember, I remember my stepfather coming back and he woke me late at night and he said, oh, we've got Bobby Charlton, the new manager. And I think, wow. Yeah. We're all early yeah. and the next day, weren't we? We weren't going to be late. It's, it's amazing, Mark, that at the time in the 80s, you're playing for the biggest club probably in the world, five league titles you won in Rome, the European Cup. And now we're talking about a Champions League final tonight. And, you know, what I felt, you know, when I was growing up, Liverpool were just such a dominant team and there was that connection between Liverpool, which was treated badly by the UK government uh, and its people and, mm-hmm. and I get that sense that connection remains with Klopp probably the most charismatic figure in world sport at the moment yeah. and they're all in Paris tonight 60,000 of them they won't be at the game all of them but they're, they've gone Oh well I've I've come through the airport this morning at, well I still call it speak it's John Lennon International it was black it was black with punters me and Steve McMahon was going to Belfast I think and we were hiding in one of the one of the rooms because it was just completely nuts and I'm, you know, the stupid things where I said to Marco, we're walking across the road to go in and the lads have just got shorts and T-shirts on. And you're showing me age now, aren't you? I'm thinking, what if it's cold tonight and all those kind of things? Do you need a jacket or something like that? It was just, it was bonkers. bonkers. You're, you're running out of things to lose, you see, the less you bring, the less... <laughs> is that, is that, is that how it works? I assume that's the logic that's been applied, yeah. yeah. And they were all on it straight away. Yeah. Once it came through check-in, they were all straight on it. Uh, great atmosphere, fab atmosphere. You've been to these games as a player and as a pundit, and it's kind of strange, Laura, in that you you might have become better known for many years as for sitting on the couch on a Saturday night in front of millions of people than <laughs> winning European cups. Yeah, um, well, that was just that was by chance as much as anything. Did you fall into punditry, or yeah, yeah, yeah. First game I ever did was um, Peterborough one Liverpool nil in the old I think it probably was a League Cup in those days in the early 90s um, and I did that for what is now Radio 5 and I think it was Radio 2 in those days so I did that and they said oh you, you know why don't you do some more and I went yeah okay but I worked for Sky the very first programme that Sky ever did that sort of been replicated by Soccer Saturday it was Paul Dempsey right, obviously from up the road so it was me Dempo and um, the lady was on it, who's now got her own programme on Sky. Uh, she's from Wigan. And, and Kay Burley. Kay Burley was on it. She'd gone to Vic Waitman. Really? Was, yeah, she'd gone to Vic Waitman, who was a boss, and said, Vic, I can do that. You know, fair enough. So she did it one week, and then she realised, no, she couldn't. And there was me and Dempo. <laughs> and then, I don't know what happened, I think Dempo must have gone to work, because he worked all over the place, didn't he? And um and Jeff Stelling turned up. So the very first one was me and Jeff Stelling. We had no football, or we had like non-league football and all that kind of. We were, we were road testing games at Christmas and everything. It was bonkers, right? And Vic said, "No, stay with it, stay with it, stay with it." And then we started to get the football. And then the very first week, well, with the football, there was me, Jeff, uh, Rodney Marsh, and Bestie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, and I came off, and, and Vic's Vic's gone, obviously because. Besties there, and they wanted to, you know, yeah. put their arm around him. That was fab, and I went, that'll never catch on. 
<laughs> so we're trying our own version of it here now on a Saturday afternoon on, on News Talk and, uh, yeah. and Off the Ball. That's incredible, yeah. Good. Cause it, it was, Bestie was a problem, I was just gonna say. I was going to say Best was sort of a big part of that show. but What were, a lovely man. What an yeah. absolute fab man. But he, he lived three doors away from the, the pubs called the Feeney. Mm. And you'd quite often hear the driver who'd report back to, to, to Sky and say, He's not, he's not in his apartment. And so they're going, try the Feeney. And like going the Feeney, obviously he'd be on it. Yeah, sad. And we'd just go, mm, I don't think he's with us today. So, but what, well, such, such a nice bloke. He, he told me his story. Because um, at, at Sky at the time, you, you couldn't have a drink in the building. You weren't allowed. Um, so it was a Murdoch thing. You just weren't allowed. So you go to the rugby club at the back. I think they still do it now. Mm. And we're in there one day and we were talking about all kinds of different things. And I said, when did you realise you had a problem? Because he, he told everyone he had a problem all the time. He went, I was in America playing for whoever he was playing for in America. And they'd won a game on the road. So it could have been, it could have been 3,000 miles away. And he said, I was on it for three days. And he said, I went to try and cross the highway, like five lane highway. And he said, I suddenly realised I am in trouble. Yeah. 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 Which is sad, isn't it? Oh, so, yeah, so sad. I remember, I remember watching Blackpool Man United because we lived in Blackpool at the time, and my sister was a massive Joy's Best fan, and she said, "Come on, let's run on at the end of the game," and like pat his back. <laughs> so we did, as you do. <laughs> That's the, yeah, he was exposed to like he was almost like the sort of. Uh, you got the first taste of football stardom yeah. on a different level because there's this book, I think we spoke about it during the lockdown, JD, JD like this guy called Arthur Hopcraft wrote this book, yeah, yeah, Football, yeah. Man. football Man. Yeah. And it was essays that were written in the in the 60s. So it was like a live essay written, like a, a George Best interview at the time. I think he got to spend time with George Best in his house and the letters people were sending him, mm. girls were sending oh, him stuff. Yeah. And it was just... And it was actually painted a real picture of Best. Like, a lot of us would have grown up, in some respects, with Best knowing the sad story first yes. and then knowing the, the, the stuff afterwards. Yeah. And to, this live portrait of him, it was powerful to read it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, the, that Sky sort of incarnation of Best, it would have been quite, you know, it was quite mm. sad sometimes. Well, he, he say, also, you know. he, had, he had this house built and it was a bit like a public toilet and there was like glass all over and everything. And, and people would just... You could drive up to it, and people on a Sunday they would drive there and just sit outside, hoping that they might see him. I mean, yeah. what yeah. what a, what a well, life that is! He was able to take punishment as well in games. That was the thing. Oh, like, but Nobby, best Nobby, was kicked all over the place in yeah. football, and no, was able to withstand. He was very strong. Nobby Nobby Styles said to me, he said he was the best tackler in the team. He said unbelievable. He's like in slide tackling, just nicked the ball back, mm. and he said he was tough as old boots. But then he had Paddy Caron, didn't he? <laughs> Paddy Crown was his mind then Kinder, and if yeah. anybody touched George Paddy would whack him basically <laughs> sort them out so you moved to the Beeb then when did that happen? Uh, 96 97 yeah. so first World Cup was uh, France France 98 that yeah. wasn't bad Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. just five weeks in Paris but yeah. apart from that you know we survived I, I actually read something about that you would have worked with Jimmy Hill then yeah which I'd say was an experience Jimmy to so many people again here in Ireland or whatever, Jimmy Hill was the old voice, and then you, and you hear his backstory, and he was this incredible figure oh. in English football, oh. abolishing the maximum wage and three like, points for a win, three points for a win, yeah. And yet he was possibly this old, 
sometimes cantankerous on the panel or whatever he wanted to be. But I think you said you loved his company. He was no, it was good company, Jimmy. Like, yeah, full of energy and, and like great stories, as, as you can imagine. And he, he just used to do things just to get people riled. That's that's what Jimmy would do. And you know, his big mate was Des Des Lynham. And I remember we were at Sheffield United and we'd done the FA Cup game, and. Um, Young Alan Kelly was in goal, I think, for, for Chef, Chef United. And we were walking round afterwards. Um, we'd done the studio bit and walk around. Loads of punters were still in the stadium. And as we walked around, they're all saying, Jimmy is a W. You can imagine, can't you? Mm. And he turned. He turned to Des went, told you, Des. He said, they love me, really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah what, a good, what a good guy he was, Jimmy. Brilliant. And you forget... He presented match of the day. Mm. Yeah. He was one of the very, in the very evenings, first. Yeah. Before yeah. Des Lynham, yeah. 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 So um, the stuff he did in football was was amazing. It really was. We got Laro on the radio today on News Talking Off the Ball. You want to text a question to Laro 53106 with Dan McDonnell and Shane Keegan here on Champions League final day. Liverpool against Real Madrid, 8 o'clock this evening. Delighted to have you here in studio in Dublin, Laro. So five World Cups was it three finals you commentated on? That's not bad. Do I don't know, John. I never, I never sort of counted. I, I really, I really you don't count really your, no. your punditry medals. No, it? no. But um, what what stands out though from what your those experiences? How I think um, just the trips themselves. I mean, you know, Brazil, South Africa, all those kind of things. But I did this um, long eight minute piece in South Africa, and it was about uh, the English army. Right. And most of the soldiers were fighting in this particular battle were from Preston. And, and Liverpool and, and those kind of things. And um, they basically, and I tell you, was at the battle, Winston Churchill and Gandhi. And Gandhi was like a stretcher bearer. So it was all, it was obviously full of history and all those kind of things. And, and, and basically the Afrikaans, um, this hill was obviously very, very strategic and the Afrikaans got to the top and like the Boers and everything. And they were unbelievable shots because they were all farmers. And everything. So it was one of the things where the, the British troops came up to get so far and that, like, sort of camp for the night. What they didn't realise was that the, 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 the Boers started to actually go and leave. And then in the morning, when they woke up, like, the, Brit, the Brits didn't know. And then the Boers just got up and walked back to the top of the hill and started massacring them and everything. So that, that was the best thing I ever did because it was, the history was just amazing. Um, and on a it was like the size of a football pitch. More people had been killed on this football pitch size than anywhere ever in the in the lives, and it was just it was fascinating. And that was the Spion Cop, right? That was that was the origin was of the Spion Cop, and um, yeah, and they spelt it S P E O N. So that's where it started because it was a hill, and that's how. And I think. Liverpool weren't the first, were they? I think it wasn't it something like Dulwich Hamlet, I think. They had the original cop. So and and then it went on to Liverpool who'd met, built a new stand and like all the stuff that comes out of it, they suddenly thought, Well what shall we do? And that's how that, that they built the cop. Because they didn't know what else to do and they built the cop with it all and that's that's the whole history of it. So that was the best thing I did, because it was just great, it was fab. And and actually we were in the middle of nowhere where this place is. And I remember the guy who owned it, and we'd like he cooked for us and everything. There's a few of us, obviously, a cameraman and producer and all those kind of stuff. And uh, he said to me, I was going to bed, and he said, he said, I'll give you a knock, knock at six in the morning. And I went, what for? <laughs> he said, I want to show you something. And I said, okay, really, he's a really nice guy, this. 
and at six in the morning I'm up and everything he's come on we jumped in a golf buggy and he drove me and it was it wasn't jungle but it was similar right and he went shh stop so he stopped stopped the golf buggy and went look and there was a um, baby cheetah and its mother and he said we've just that's the first one we've ever had on on the land and everything it was like wow wow the whole thing was just I just you know forget the football that was just brilliant yeah yeah I mean, what chance would you ever have? Oh no! Like that's the well, that's the. I think that we were we were talking with uh, was it David Moyer last week? We were actually talking to him about you know footballers travel. You would have played all over mm. the world, but you would have probably just been in a hotel a lot of the time and as a player. Yeah. But then actually, when you go back in a different context, you actually see some of these places. Yeah. It's a very yeah. different existence. Oh you know? well, I mean, you know, Brazil with the slave trade and everything. I oh, mean, yeah. oh, up, up I think it was the east coast maybe. Um, it was just that was the origin of the, of the slave trade, and then there was we went to Manaus. Yeah, which was up in the Amazon. Have you ever there. been? I was there for the that World Cup as well. Yeah, Did, yeah. So you went to Manaus. Yeah, the, where the two rivers were side by side, but yeah. they didn't run into each other. Yeah, I like Manaus is an extraordinary place. Yeah, like, really. yeah. I mean, the fact that World Cup games were played there was sort of you know, a bit political. But it yeah. was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, but they, had, they had these two rivers, literally, and. They ran side by side, but they never ever ran into each other. One was slightly higher than the other one. It was just, it was mad, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just a mad a place. Quirky place, yeah. yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have gone there, would you? Hold on, Marbella or Manaus? What's, what we think? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if there's any direct flights next week. <laughs> it wouldn't have been the footballers end the season holiday to Manaus Whoa, for like uh, ten days. Well, the places I've been to, like Tirana, um, Tbilisi, Tel Aviv, uh, yeah. Tallinn, I never would have go. And that was the no. But that's the experience. That. But so many of the players have go there and would never see them. They just see we one. See, they see a hotel. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah. basically it. You know, yeah. they don't want to either. That. They're, 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 yeah. yeah. they're happy enough. They're happy enough in the hotel. Don't even know where you are. No, no. You try and organise an excursion for them, and just leave. Yeah, you know, because our team loved, loved a beer, obviously. And um, so even when we played away in Europe, what, wherever we played, we always got back to the airport at five to two. It didn't really matter. You know, even if it was only played in Holland and we should have been home at half past 12, they made sure we didn't get back to five to two because then you couldn't go anywhere for a beer after the travel. In Liverpool. In Liverpool. And Ronnie Moran, we'd come off the plane... And Ronnie Moran would wait, passport control, and like, as you walk past, you had to give him your passport. And they used to say, <clears throat> the boot room went, you know what you like, you like, you'll lose them. Nothing to do with that. So you couldn't bugger off, excuse me, the next day and clear off to Paris for the day. No chance. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Got to take a break here. 5-3-1-6, any questions for Laura? We're building up to the Champions League final. Liverpool and Real Madrid, a kicks off in Paris at 8 o'clock tonight. Off the ball Saturday on News Talk is back after this. Jack Grealish is like taking the Freddie Flintoff Ashes 05 mantle here and just... <laughs> 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 we miss people like Paul Gascoigne. Enjoy him. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. And you are welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through until 8 on this extended show this evening because we're bringing you live commentary of the Heineken Champions Cup final between Leinster and La Rochelle live from Marseille 4.45 the start time. Right now though, Football Saturday on Champions League final day until 4 in the company in studio of Mark Lawrenson, the former Liverpool and Republic 
of Ireland defender, joined by Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent and the UEFA Pro Licence coach Shane Keegan. Remember, football and off the ball, brought to you by Sky. Liverpool facing Real Madrid and an unmissable Champions League final this evening live on BT Sport. You can text us questions for Laro 53106. You can tweet us off the, at off the ball. You can listen on you talk around the country. Also watch us on the digital and social channels for YouTube, for Facebook and on the OTB Sports app. At, uh, text in here on 53106. Please ask Mark what chances do young Irish players have making the grade in the Premier League now when there's so many other lads from around the world competing for contracts? Should the Irish lads join European clubs if offered the opportunity, says Ken. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to better yourself? Absolutely. Just go wherever. It's a bit like lads, you know, already in England. Send them out on loan. Um, If they're not going to play in the first team, send them out on loan. Um, You know, it's... I think what happens then is obviously you improve, hopefully, but also you then realise what you've got at your parent club and it kicks quite a few lads on that. What do you think about Callagher at the moment? Because he's got decisions to make. Yeah, I'd, if I were him, I'd stay. And the reason the reason I would stay is because in training every day, he's playing against world-class strikers. And, you, you know, you can st- you can get your physicality anyway as well, but I, just, I, would, I would rather do that with him and keep him. And... He might play a few more games this, this coming season, maybe. Because every time he's coming, he's done really, really well. Real Madrid are masters over two legs. If the Champions League was over two legs, Real Madrid would have the art to win the title as they've done in the last three rounds against PSG, Chelsea and Man City. As a one-off base in overall quality, Liverpool should win it in the 90 minutes. If it goes to extra time, Liverpool will be on the ropes and in trouble. Verdict Liverpool to win it in normal time, says Jack in Santry. Is there a bit of a danger that Liverpool have gone to the well quite a lot? Is there any kind of freshness issues or will they be just up for this? No, I think, I think generally they, they'll be OK. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go into extra time. Um, but I mean, when was the last time they played? They played on the Sunday, didn't they, against Wolves? Yeah. So what's that? Six days, plenty. He, he might have given them a day off, or even two days off. Jurgen Klopp, I would have thought. But I think it's such a big game that you, you're adrenaline. It, now, I mean, probably sleeping this afternoon, but it's st- the adrenaline will be pumping, and you don't, you won't, you won't feel tired going into this. It's, it's biggest club game in the world. Forget that. World, whatever thing, because there's some mm. really poor teams in it. But this, this is the biggest club game in the world. Was it the biggest moment of your career, Roma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, for the same reason, you suddenly realise that you know you've 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 won the big one. Um, and that particular season, we won we won the European Cup away from home. Generally, all our games, we, we had some really really tough ones. So, yeah, we we did, and we had. Um, when we played, have you heard this story about Dinamo Bucharest at home? Dinamo Bucharest came in the semi-final. Have you got enough time for me to tell you? I'll go for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, and the man marked uh, Rushi, Kenny and Graham Sunes. Um, little Sammy Lee scored for us 1-0. So that's all, we kept it tight and everything. But this, the lad who was marking Graham was spitting at him and doing all sorts of things. With about, I don't know, about 10, 10 minutes left, we get a corner at the cop end. And of course... Only probably four or five cameras in those days. So everybody's watching this corner come in. All of a sudden, you just heard this crack. You could hear it. And he just, Graham punched a fella and broke his jaw. Straight off. So their manager did the uh, press conference afterwards, obviously completely different than than it is now, with just a handful of people around him. And all he would say was, he he went, next week, because he played a week later. Next week, he called him Soonsi. (laughs) He said, next week, Soonsi. You know, see if you're good enough in Bucharest. And he loved all that. 
So we go to uh, Bucharest and it's Tuesday before the Wednesday. You couldn't train on the pitch. You weren't allowed to and everything. But um, Joe Fagan, his infinite wisdom, said, to tell you what, boys, on the Tuesday morning, before we actually go to the training ground, let's go and see. He used to say, let's go and look at the wicket. He's a big cricket fan and everything. So just go and look at the pitch. We turn up and it's lashing down. It's been lashing down for two or three days, which I think was really why he wanted us to see it, just to get it in your, your head that it's going to be a bit of a mess and everything. We turn up at the ground and, of course, Dinamo Bucharest, basically, were the army team. So, you know, they were the national team. Mm. So, whatever. And we all turn up and there was probably four or five of us, long hair, tashes, right? And I'm just sat at the side of the bus minding my own business as you do thinking are we going to go and look at the, the wicket or not and nothing really happened for a, for a minute or two and then I just this knock on the door right next to me so I turned and looked at this soldier and he looked at me and he went that crossed he my throat he thought you were yeah, yeah and I went no 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 it's him he's there he's there he loved he tried to break his leg they absolutely tried to break his leg and he stood up in the game and he just went like is that it I mean he was amazing if, if Kenny hadn't been in that team Graeme Sinness was, was the best player I'd ever played with. And he left then? He left after the final? Yeah, they'd done a deal, hadn't they, after the final. But he'd done a deal to go to Sampdoria. Why wouldn't you want to go to Sampdoria, by the way? Um, um, but wow, what, what, what a player. Unbelievable. But um, he, had, he had a whole string of um, guys that he did on a regular basis. And his, his thing was, they were going to do me. Different age. Yeah, well, I read something this week and it gave me a bit of stick for, like, slowing down and clattering into people because, you know, and it gave Ronnie some stick, didn't he? Ronnie Ronnie Wheeling could could look after himself, by the way. And Ronnie would leave his foot in a little bit late. But I never did. (laughs) (laughs) And ever, ever, ever. But he had this thing because I played in midfield when he didn't play. And obviously, you know, I love tackling and stuff like that. So, and he used to say... I used to watch you, he said, and, and you could have got there before the, the other bloke, but you waited. I said, well, what's wrong with that? I waited just to tackle him, not to m- m- murder him like you would have done. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was brilliant. 5-3 on the 6. Lara, I fancy Liverpool 3-1 in normal time. Can you see Klopp springing any surprises with his team selection, no. says Michael Lynn, Rath Gormick and Waterford. So is Kanate Matip, is that a decision to make? <sighs> yeah, that's a decision to make because Kanate's played in most of the uh, cup games, hasn't he? Although he, he's wobbled in the last couple and I'm... I just think, I just think your man's movement at, at, at Madrid is brilliant. Yeah, um, Benzema. Yeah, Benzema is yeah. brilliant and I'm just a little bit... I'm not... I'd rather have Matip with with Van Dyke, um, it's just because he's got a bit more experience. But it's a tester, isn't it? Because you know, do you play Thiago? Do you play Fabinho? Um, what do you do with the fitness? Maybe little queries about their fitness. yeah, little queries. But I suppose the way they are now with the doctors and the physios, the doctors and physios would be saying he's absolutely fine. On yeah, they'll field. be saying it as well, won't they? They'll be saying they're oh, fine. Oh my goodness, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Thiago's one of the best players I've ever seen. He's just unbelievable. He just sees things on a football pitch which nobody else sees. Do you see a goal he made for for Mane against Wolves? Yeah. With, like the, the every, flick. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the whole crowd went silent. I was at the game. The crowd went silent and went, has he, has he really just done that? I mean, he's amazing. And Fabinho is just so good because he sits in front of the two centre-backs and he just he spots danger and he sniffs it out. So... I'm wondering, Shane, is that where maybe the, the game would be won and lost? They're all talking about Vinicius and Alexander-Arnold and Carvajal and Diaz, but maybe it'd be the middle. You're, you're 100% right, John, because because of the way the two teams want to play, for me, the midfield battle is going to be absolutely mm. key. And look, we probably, w- towards the end of the show, we probably will try and make predictions, but 
for me, we're shooting in the dark until we see that team sheet. Because quite simply, I would put it, if Liverpool's first choice midfield three, so let's say Fabinho and Thiago are fit, if they're both cleared to start, for me, I can't see beyond the Liverpool win. Mm -hmm. If they lose Thiago, I think that levels it up and it's a 50-50 game. If they lose Thiago and Fabinho, I think it's Madrid. Yeah, yeah. And Because I'd be putting that much emphasis on, on who wins the centre midfield partnership. Because when you look at how high Liverpool defend and the way they will defend, obviously with that line they've had all year, Laro, and, yeah. and then you look at Vinicius' speed in behind, like if, if you're not in control of the game and in control, control the tempo of the game and in control of the ball, that's a massive problem. If you're in control of the game, that's not really that much of, a, of, a, of an issue, really, yeah. because you're going to dominate the ball and he might have you know, little to no chances to spring that counter. But I think they have to have those three bodies in the middle of the field or at least two of those three bodies in the middle of the field. Well, they'll have Henderson have as well, won't he? Well, Henderson, Henderson will definitely be there. Yeah, Henderson. But, but obviously, if, if Fabinho's out, Henderson has to go and play the deepest role. Oh, oh, he might. He quite likes playing Milner in there. Do you think? Because he yeah. trusts him. Yeah, I think he really, really does trust him. But mind you, trust Kaito a little bit, which most of us don't really get. Mm. Well, that's what I was going to ask. If he has, if he has two of the threes, let's say either Fabinho or Thiago's fit alongside Henderson, does he go Kaito or Milner? I would, I would hope not, to be honest with you, because I, I, I watch him and I think at the end of the, de- the game, I'm thinking, what did he actually do? Yeah. Um, the game seems to pass him by a little bit, but he's a big Milner fan because yeah. he just knows you'll get seven out Custom. of ten and he won't yep. do anything stupid. He'll always be in position and stuff. So it, it, it is an interesting one. I mean, I'd rather have Thiago than Fabinho. Yeah. For a night like this, because yeah. you know he can just do something like you know we said about the, the goal he made for Marnie against Wolves. He just does something mm. in the game. You think, wow, that's not it, that's not the, how it's meant to be. The Madrid midfield is incredible, isn't it? It seems yeah. to be, it seems to be the centre midfield for Madrid for about ten years now. Like, the, only, <laughs> the only thing <laughs> those I think, three seem to be there forever. Yeah, although Casemiro got away with a murder against City, didn't he? Could have been sent off yeah. twice. Definitely. So Definitely. If, you know if they got a decent referee, but. They're clever, aren't they? Yeah. And then the young fellow they're bringing players. in. Well, Tambavinga, but I would th- yeah. we'll probably talk about it more like after after three, maybe. But cause listening to some of the Madrid commentary, they're wondering will they spring something in there because yeah. like, the, well, the pace and intensity work. Liverpool can yeah. play at, they are older, you know, that Madrid three, you know. Did they and, start Rodrigo? Well, that's what, that's what that's what they seem to be debating about right. what they might do. Will they actually? You might look at the team sheet and you might have a little bit of a surprise from yeah. the Madrid mm. perspective that you're not you're not expecting I because it, of that. Yeah, you know? I think I would think you'd probably just go for experience to start yeah. with. Yeah, and you can always change it then, can't you? Escape from Everton, the movie. It'll be out now. Really, Antonotti. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, how good how good a move was that for him? I'm delighted Everton stayed up because. Merseyside needs derbies. Yeah. And it's six points for Liverpool, I know, in the two games. So <laughs> that's always good. But no, I am, I am delighted they stay up. But I tell you what, they've got a lot of work to do there. Yeah. Everton. Yeah. Who's going to take the players? Because they're on massive money. It's, it's bonkers. OK. Laro, Dan and Shane, uh, thanks so much for the moment. 53106, we're getting plenty of text in here for Laro on Football Saturday. Previewing the Champions League final, talking about Laro's uh, career, both as a pundit and a great player as well. Let's check in now, though, with our analyst, uh, Sean O'Sullivan, as Dan in Killarney. He is looking ahead to the Munster Senior Football Final between Kerry and Limerick with our reporter, Oisín Langan. Welcome to a sunny and warm Killarney. Perfect conditions for Munster final day. I'm joined by four-time All-Ireland winner with Kerry, Sean O'Sullivan. Sean, how are you? Good, Oshin. Great. Sure, how would you be? A beautiful day in Killarney, as you said, for a Munster final. And, um, yeah, looking forward to... Uh, it'll be interesting. Interesting to see what kind of game it will be. Obviously, look, Kerry are, are, are red-hot favourites to win. 
but uh, let's see how let's see how things transpire over the next hour or so. You walked up the town, which is always a special place to be on Monster Final Day. How does it compare, atmosphere-wise and crowd-wise? to what I will call, and I really don't want to disrespect Limerick by saying this, but to what I would call big monster finals, Cork Kerry monster finals. Yeah, I came in with two friends earlier, we just went for a bite to eat and I just walked up the town, Oshin, and yeah, look, absolutely 100% not being disrespectful to Limerick whatsoever, but uh, the numbers aren't what they would be for a typical Kerry-Cork match. Um, you know, it, it, it just, I suppose it just doesn't bring that support really um, that the, the, the Cork crowd would bring. But look, that's, that's not for the players to worry about. Uh, their job is to go out in the field and play the game. Um, what's going on around them won't matter. But certainly, you're, you're dead right. It, it, it's, it, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't really have that little bit of buzz that a Kerry-Cork Munster final would have. But look, that's, 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 for, um, that's for us to worry about and not the players. I often wonder how much stock Kerry players push in a Munster title. You corrected me once when I said you had three All-Irelands and you said, no, I have four All-Irelands. I wonder, do you know offhand how many Munsters you have? I don't actually, no, I don't. But that's not to say, and that's that's not being disingenuous or, 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 or being cocky or anything. It's just, I suppose, look, All-Irelands are the currency down here. But a Munster title is still still a very, very important medal in your collection if you can get it. Now, look, I couldn't even tell you if I looked at that Kerry 15 today how many All-Ireland, or sorry, how, how many Munster medals are scattered amongst that squad and, and, and team. It's a, it's a lot. And uh, look, we picked up a good few in our time as well. But at the end of the day, Oshane, whatever day you go out when there's a medal available to be won, you want to win it. And uh, this group of players today will be no different. Sean O'Sullivan, four-time All-Ireland winner with Kerry. Thanks for joining us for now here in Killarney where the sun is shining. It's incredibly warm. Perfect conditions for a match. Kerry taking on Limerick in the Munster football final. Remember, Kerry are the defending champions. They haven't lost a championship game here since 1995. Limerick haven't won this provincial crown since 1896. That kind of tells its own story, doesn't it? Uh, back to you. Thanks, Oshin, uh, for now. Ahead of uh, Kerry and Limerick in the Talton Cup. Cavan 13 points down, 1 3 is the latest score. And it is Leitrim 1 9, Antrim 4 points. So Leitrim with an 8 point lead there. Dublin 3 points, Meath no score in the Leinster Ladies Football Final. Dublin and Kildare throw in at Croke Park in the men's uh, Leinster Final at 5 o'clock. Our GA coverage and off the ball in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Getting regular updates from Sean O'Sullivan throughout that Munster game between Kerry and Limerick. This is Off The Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to 8 this evening on this extended show, bringing you live commentary later of the Heineken Champions Cup final between Leinster and La Rochelle, live from Marseille. But 53106, the text number now for Football Saturday. Any opinion, any question with Laro live in studio, Mark Lawrence and Shane Keegan and Dan McDonald on Champions League final day at the day of day of finals. We're building up to that full coverage of Liverpool against Real Madrid after the news don't go away Football on Off The Ball with Sky watch Premier League Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports and you're welcome back to this extended Off The Ball Saturday on News Talk John Duggan with you through until 8 because we have commentary of the Heineken Champions Cup final Leinster against La Rochelle 4.45 live from Marseille right now though Football Saturday on Champions League final day until 4 in the company of Mark Lawrence and live in studio with us the former Liverpool and Republic of Ireland defender joined by Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent and the UEFA Pro Licence coach Shane Keegan remember football on Off The Ball brought to you by Skywatch Huddersfield Town versus Nottingham Forest in the Championship Playoff final this Sunday live Live only on Sky Sports. You can text us 53106. Listen on news talk around the country. Also watch us on the digital and social channels for YouTube, Facebook and on the OTB Sports app and on Twitter for Off the Ball. 53106, always a pleasure to hear from Laro. 
as says Ian in Dublin could you ask him which of Salah or Mane would he sign up assuming they both want blockbuster deals and the club will only probably stump for one I would take Mane I'd have Salah yeah why I, well I just I just think Mane gives you a little bit more and um I'm not sure. Well, we're hearing, aren't we, that Bayern Munich are going to take Mane? But um, I'm just—I don't know. I feel like Salah's. I wouldn't say he's on the wane, but I just think you might get longer with Mane. That's the only reason. Not too dissimilar in age now. Are they not? All right. Oh well, you know more than me. (laughs) (laughs) It just feels like. Well, I think the the sense is that Salah has been to the well a lot with some of his sort of draining internet. Although I think, to be fair. He didn't start this season. Like he actually got a bit of a break last summer, didn't he? And uh, the point has been made that Egypt aren't in the World Cup. So whereas Senegal are, so like next season coming. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and he Salah said could that play three months and then rest. But I mean, Salah's staying anyway. It's very hard to say. But, well, you can't do anything because he's staying anyway. But he's going to stay and probably run his contract down the way yeah. things are yeah, the way things are yeah. going. So uh, there's not really a decision to be made there yeah. with him. Also, uh, Mane's got another year, isn't he? Yeah, it just so the seems football club could keep him if they wanted to. They could so play he that can't game. Go. This is always obviously about wage ceilings. There's always oh. that. Yeah. Well, that, you know, I said before. I mean, you know, what, whatever they get, then you've got Van Dyke and Allison and everybody else knocking on the door, and it's just it's a spiral, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's the. I and mean, we were speaking a small bit off air about that. That like that is the that is the the game that you have to play. That well there's, a, there's an instinct and, and, and the fan base will scream just give him what he wants but managers and people have to think well if I give him what he wants then I suddenly snowball effect from there then. and then you lose it and then sometimes you end up in a situation where a new player comes in and they want more money than like you know Alexis Sanchez of Manchester United at that time came in on an insane money and then you're thinking yeah. oh god what did that do for their group that was one of the bad things I think that, like yeah. amongst many things that happened yeah. when you have someone on insane money the, the dressing room culture is just it starts to lose to be lost well, in some way yeah. you know? and also if he doesn't do very well it's even worse isn't it and, and even was the, was the Kurt Zuma before he went offside in life uh, like people were people were surprised at what he was on I remember at the time when he was fined like, I always thought well, teams would, teammates would just know what you're on no no, they know, you never talk about your money. Right, so I'd never put it in the 80s, you, you'd no idea. No, no. Well, we, the only idea was that Kenny was on far more than we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I assume after a couple of team nights out, like, things sort of... No, yeah, no one ever mentioned money. It was like, no, no, but we knew Kenny was obviously, and quite rightly so, but because um, he was genius, but... No, we never never spoke about money. It's interesting. All these texts aligning, following the Redman since 1980, the best player Laro played with, the king, I'm guessing, and yes. the best player he played against. Same person. Uh-huh. Ah. Ah, because I think two seasons when we were Brighton in the same league, we obviously played against Liverpool. Right. So and my stock answer is always, with Kenny, is he couldn't run, he couldn't head it, and he had a big, fat, fat backside, and he was a genius. Absolutely genius. Amazing. Never wore shin pads in the eighties. That took some doing. And he just said, "If the day I need to wear shin pads if, is the day I pack in." Was it? But vision? we'd have massive rows on the pitch. Right. Me and Hanson and him. Right. Oh, we used to have the honestly. We'd be like, if you listen to it nowadays, you'd be thinking, "God, they must hate each other." So we had this thing where, you know, you try and he always wanted the ball into his feet, obviously because he was brilliant at it. But sometimes you had to try and bend it round people, and you know it might get a little bit high. And, and it, but he'd control it, right? And then lay it off, and then just look at you and just give you this like, just go as though like you're a, something on the bottom of your shoe. But as soon as you as soon as you finish, he'd come over and you go, 
we've won. It's all good. It's all good. That's the, and he was like that as player manager as well. Is there anyone you watch now that's close to him in style? No, I don't think there is. is it, he was quite, you, you know, he yeah, was very I much it, I think, himself. I think you get one of those players every kind of 20 years and, and, and that was him. You know, people talk about Gascoigne and everything, but Gazza was good, but not, not in his league. Really? Yeah, yeah. Not, in, not in his league. And I'm, I'm, Lineker will always tell you about Gazza saying, a lot of the time, he'd only give you the ball when he couldn't do anything else with it. You know, he beat three people and came back and give you the ball where you didn't want it and stuff like that. But I mean, still, obviously, a very gifted player. But no, Kenny was like, wow, it was amazing. Have you seen Messi in the flesh? Yeah. And Ronaldo? And- yeah. Oh, Messi would be my favourite player. Just because I think he's more of a team player than Ronaldo. As good as Ronaldo's been, Messi did some stuff where I just... They were worldies every week, but they got better and better and better, didn't they? Maradona? Yeah. Well, um, the thing about him is... Um, and Linick again tells tells you this story is is when they hand of God, right? He said if you look at then the second goal, he said just just factor this in, which is that the um, pitch had been relayed two days before, and he said and when you ran on the pitch, he said it moved. He said so watch his second goal, bearing in mind that the whole thing that the earth was the earth was moving for him, um, and he said if you look at that goal now, it's like wow. The second one. I never knew this. Did you guys know that? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he said it was like amazing. He said, how they, how they ever played? Well, it was a different one in the 80s and stuff. But he just said that if you then look at that goal now, the second goal where he's gone past Reedy and everybody else, it's just like, how can you do that? You didn't play against Malara, did you? No, I missed the game. We played them, didn't we? We played them in yeah. a friendly, but I think we were, obviously, it must have been in a European yeah. semi or a final or uh, something. Yeah. One of those games, you know. European yeah, sorry, I mean, fire, sorry, you know. I didn't mean to say it like that, but no, but <laughs> it, means, it just means European we couldn't play. Yeah, there was no cla- <laughs> people wouldn't, wouldn't be aware of the clashes that there would have been also with oh, some of those games. We hardly ever played, me, Jim Beglin, Ronnie, hardly ever played between January and May. We might play in May for Ireland, but generally, and we were encouraged a little bit, to be honest with you, to say, oh, no, my groin's a bit sore mm. and all, but you know, I mean... Um, oh, he knew all about that and stuff. But he, he tried to get us to go to Brazil. The disaster. Uh, the ill-fated yeah, 7-0, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. and we we bailed out. We got, in fact, to be fair to Bob Paisley, we went in to see him and said, Kaffa, we don't really want to go across the world and play in Brazil, but, you know, it's obviously political. And he just, he just said, well, you've got a knee, you've got a groin, and you've got a pending in, you know, uh, hospital, mm. whatever sort of thing. So, yeah. It's just funny you're talking. I'm sorry, John. I'm t- we're talking about Lineker said this about various players and stuff. And I'll yeah. go back to the punditry thing and your time in the BBC. Did you always? Did you ever see Lineker becoming what he is no. now in terms of the the Des Lynham role? Almost, hopeless. you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he started off Radio Five, and he was. He admit it. Absolutely hopeless. It was car crash. It really mm. seriously was. And then he did Football Focus. And he started to get better. And, you know, in fairness to Gary, he writes all his own stuff. All of it. A lot, a lot of them don't. He writes all his, his one line. Lines, he absolutely. Yeah, he's, he is a really bright, bright lad and everything. But, yeah, he writes all his own stuff. He's very good now. This is the thing. Yeah. So anybody can do it, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, maybe not. <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about that at a later date. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, don't get me started. Yeah, five three hundred six. Does Mark enjoy Man United's current revise? Yeah. or would he like to see them challenging again? <laughs> the simple no, answer. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't even get the chance to finish the question <laughs> there, John. Expand on that, John. It's a, it's we can't talk about Man United again today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every Saturday all you season. One show we can get away from this. Yeah. I nearly yeah. signed for them as well when Ron Atkinson was the manager. But um, wow. I don't. God. Yeah, I had three on the same day, including uh, Terry Neal at Arsenal, which was. Terry Neal offered me less money than I was earning at Brighton. But I had a 10-year contract at Brighton. Me and, remember Peter Ward? We no, probably no, don't no. remember. Mm. Scored loads of goals in the second and third division and everything. And we had 10-year contracts. Only sort of protect the club and what have you. But I, literally on the same day, I could have signed for Arsenal, uh, for Arsenal Man U and Liverpool. And uh, Ron Atkinson had just got the Man U job. And he's waiting on Frank Stapleton because he, I think he was one of the first that went to tribunal. Yeah, and he rang me up he said whatever Liverpool give you I'll give you more he said but I'm waiting for this for Frank uh, Frank's tribunal and also he said Brighton want two or three players and you're coming you know this way and all that kind of stuff did you seriously consider them? yeah did you? yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. but not not um, not Terry Neal because <laughs> first well as I said he offered me less money than I was earning at Brighton and then he went then he said to me and he went so he went different tack and he went, you played at Arsenal, haven't you? And I went, yeah. And he said, so like the bust of Herbert Chapman. And I went, yeah. Mm. And he said, and, uh, you know, the beautiful foyer and all. And I went, yeah, Terry. And he said, and he said, obviously in the dressing room, underfloor heating. And I went, yeah. And he said, and I want you to play with O'Leary. And I said, well, the first three were all right, but I wasn't <laughs> sure about the fourth. <laughs> Only joking, Dave. Um, yeah, and, he, and the daft thing about that whole thing was... It, that Arsenal went away I met them at Gatwick Airport before I met Liverpool the next morning and he, he went away and he said oh I'll be in touch and he, he rang the next morning and offered me more money and I said oh why didn't you offer me that money you know yesterday and he said well he said where are you meeting Liverpool I was meeting them there's a round hotel right almost on the runway at Heathrow they'd come in from Switzerland I said I'm meeting them they said oh we're in the next door hotel he said because we're flying to I don't know Greek, Greece for a pre-season whatever if it, if it doesn't go through with Liverpool will you give me a ring so obviously I didn't but the uh, chief executive of Liverpool certainly made sure he did and you had no agent at that stage it was all oh, no, I've never had an agent had in my life no it was all you dealing with all that sort of yeah, stuff yeah yeah but money was I agreed I, I agreed my money in like two minutes because mm. A was going home you know Preston 30 miles away and they, they just won the European Cup and I, t and I tell the story to anyone who listened and, and I knew it was the right thing because the day after I hadn't signed my contract but we talked at, at Anfield late into the night because we had a long journey back from uh, London and everything and um, Bob said to me I was having a medical that was another laugh I was having a medical with the doc and he was just like bending my legs all over the place and everything and and uh, and the, Bob came in, Bob Pazer came in, it was late. And obviously Bob wanted to go home to bed because he was like probably in his 60s then. He said to the doc, what are you doing? In fact, the, the two docs, brothers, Irish boys, two docs. And he said, oh, I'm, you know, we spent a lot of money on this fella and it was over a million quid with the VAT and everything. And he said, I just want to make sure. And he went to me, he went, how many games did you play for Brighton? I said, I think I missed two. He said, doc, go home, right? So, and mm. I, I actually had, had x-rays five months later. And I'd already signed. Anyway, so he said to me, go to the hotel, I'll pick you up in the morning. So I get a call in the morning from the concierge, Mr. Paisley's just pulled up outside, so I go suited and booted and all those kind of things, thinking this is great. And as I walked out, he had a, he had a gold 
um, Ford, not a Capri, but a Granada. Mm. Like, it was like a pimp mobile, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and and he, as he got out, I just saw slippers, right? And then as he got more out of the car, I just saw this cardigan and I just thought, this is good. And when he got near to me, he'd obviously had egg for, for breakfast in the morning. It was down <laughs> down his, the front. And I just thought, this is the club I'm going to absolutely all day long, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, what a fella he was. It's a sliding doors moment, though, isn't it? Yeah, do, you ever, yeah. do you ever think about it, like, if you've gone to Manchester United, sort of the path that would have taken you on? No, you can't allow yourself. could have possibly been better at United, was it? The was, what? Was, the, was the, the contract offer at United possibly oh, better? Did you, because Liverpool, Liverpool was where you wanted yeah, to yeah. go. Not massively, but more money. And yeah. they, had a, they kind of they sorted you without, with a house-ish, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. yeah. As, it, as it has happened in those days. But no, it was, it was great. Best thing I ever did. Uh, so we won't talk about Man United. We don't need to talk about that. No, well, we just oh, have. Yeah. Uh, One word answer was enough, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. 5-3-1-6, yeah. does Lara have an opinion on Haaland going to City? Will they win the Champions League? Says Jack in Tyrone. Um, my only thing with him is, is, as good a player as he is, he needs a lot of green grass in front of him to score his goals, I think. I don't think City play that way. But will they change the style for him? Probably not. But he'll still score bundles of goals, won't he? But whether it's Champions League, they always seem to fall at the final hurdle, don't they? What do you put that down to? I really don't know. I mean, he got it wrong in Lyon, didn't he? I think he admitted to that. He changed the system and he'd never played that way before, uh, which is, what, two or three seasons ago, yeah. I think. Um, I don't know. I really don't. And I mean, he should have changed it, shouldn't he, against Madrid? But that's with hindsight, isn't it? But you can't, you know... When, when you get in such a position in the semi-final of you know the Champions League, and what there were two goals in front, weren't they? You just say, you know what? As good as I love, you know the way they play football. You say, let's just make sure we win, you know, and let's all start falling over and kicking it into the corners. And but that's not his way, is it? Yeah. Yeah, no, look, he's, he's, he's not going to change, that's no, for sure. Absolutely. There's absolutely no way on, on earth. And I agree with you in terms of Haaland has got the majority of his goals up until now, but look, they're just they're going to create so many chances. Yeah. You say. You'd, you'd be amazed if he doesn't easily 20-plus, possibly 30-plus. Yeah. Yeah, um, but could he be the difference for the Champions League? I don't, I don't. But it's a cup competition, you know. This is the thing. Exactly. Like it's just like the they didn't do a huge amount wrong in Madrid. I no, know, you know, like really well. you know, it's it's sort of uh, like you can analyze the depth, and that's what you do. That's what these shows exist for, you know, to mm. analyze it. But they, they didn't like it wasn't quite a meltdown. It just it was just. Uh, I think what know, he does is yeah, he, the, he, maybe extra time was a bit. They lost away a bit. The fact yeah. that they couldn't get themselves yeah. back up, yeah, and maybe absolutely. that's where the mental yeah, yeah. questions could I be. I think asked, he probably you know? guarantees them another league title more so than he guarantees them Champions League. If you get me? Yeah, yeah. because yeah. over the course of a season, he'll do that well over the course of yeah. a season. But in one-off games, very hard for one person to swing a one-off game. But in that game, look at Grealish. Mm. Yeah. How unlucky was he? Yeah, you know, so it's listen. Sometimes it's not the best team that wins, isn't it? Yeah. At, at, at whatever level, and I mean, what, what was the the, the headed goal where it skimmed off the other fella's head? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I've never seen that before. Yeah, so yeah. wasn't meant to be. Was but it? It, this is the whole Madrid name and the trophy theory. Here's, right? here's, <laughs> here's one. Here's one for you that I, I I only heard this morning. I don't know if any of you have heard this one. So. Uh, European Cup Finals so Champions League or Europa League Finals since the turn of the century so since 2001 mm. okay Spanish sides have been in finals against non-Spanish sides on 16 occasions 
across the two competitions. How do you think they've done? Really well. I'm guessing they've done really well because otherwise... Well, Barcelona and... Flat. Yeah, Barcelona, Arsenal, and you can probably start to go through... 16 for 16. Really? 16 for 16. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Wow. It is incredible. They've been in 16 finals, yeah. either Europa League or Champions League, against non-Spanish opposition. They're 16 for 16. Wow, that is a stat. <laughs> I thought that was crazy. I was trying to think, uh, yeah, like I, was, I was trying to think of defeats in my head, like of sort of Spanish clubs and... Finals. Well, you have the all Spanish ones. Obviously, this is the thing. So, the Madrid final and so on. Yeah. Mad one. How do you think Klopp's going to approach it then tonight? What What's he well, change? Yeah. Why would you change? He's just he's got almost a perfect formula, isn't he? So I don't I don't see him changing at all. Yeah. I think I the centre half decision is is a big one, and I think it's yeah. going to give us a little bit of an insight into where his head is at. Because yeah, possibly. For me, if he goes. Matip, I think that's an assertive move in that we're going to go with the better ball player, we're going to be confident that we're going to dominate the game here and, and that's where we're going with him. Whereas Kanate is probably doesn't get Liverpool flown as well, no. but what he does do is he gives you that double-up cover on, on Vinicius Jr. because... Kanate is a beast, isn't he? And if if yeah, if, yeah. if 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 Trent goes missing, Kanate will 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 get there and be able to, yeah. to handle. Well, and you'd hope that Henderson would be in and around there as well. Yeah, wouldn't he? he'll give a big dig he out there think, as yeah. well. Won't but he? I, I play Matip because yeah. I think you know he's going to be tight. So if he comes through into midfield and breaks the ranks, it makes makes a massive difference. I think tactically it's going to be a fascinating game. I really really do. I think it's going to be so so intriguing. I'm I'm, I'm dying to see how it plays out because yeah. there's so many different little battles. Like you talk about that battle between one left back and one and one right back, but up the other end, I mean Luis Diaz has to be looking at Carvajal and thinking, oh, yeah, fancy. Give that. me yeah. give me the ball here. Give me the ball and let me go at this fella. How well has he done? Says something about the recruitment, doesn't it? What a fantastic. Well, if you if you look, John, generally it's you know, players sign between 30, 40 million and there's like four or five of them. They're all world-class players now. You know, obviously apart from, you know, Van Dyke's and Allison's completely different, but that, they sold, they sold lots of players for good money as well, Liverpool, which which enabled them to buy those two. Like Coutinho's ended up back at Villa. Yeah. Uh, but even like Jota's not in the conversation, whereas earlier in the season he was... Yeah, he's, actually, he's you know, we spoke about being leggy before, he's looked the most in terms of leggy at the moment than anybody else. He looks like he's had a tough season, so I don't think he'll start, will he? I was just going to say, like, you were at the Wolves game last Sunday, so like, what was your sense even of the, the Liverpool fatigue? That was, I was, must admit, now I was watching the Man City game and then fl- you know, was flicking to the yeah, Liverpool yeah. one. We all were. But, but yeah, but it was, it was... I don't know the Liverpool performance at times. I mean, they, there was sort of tiredness, but you kind of wonder, was it, you know, was it more the situation? They're probably getting updates, and can you read too much into it? But even yeah. defensively, you know, there was a couple of nervy moments in behind, well, and you're thinking, I know Van Dijk's not there, and it's a massive, massive asterisk with yeah. that. But, but there was, I mean, when when uh, when they played against, I think it was Matip and Canate against Benfica, wasn't it? And Second they, leg, wasn't it? And they yeah. kept getting done yeah. with, with one ball, basically. That, that's, that's, that's my only worry about Canate. Is I don't think he's mastered that yet, and I think the other fella has, Yeah. Um, which is why I would pick Matip. But you're not worried about them sort of physically then, like in terms of... The, uh, you mentioned Jota, a couple of them maybe, they're unlikely to start if they are in that sort of zone. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, they, they get tested, don't they, for everything. So the doc, you know, is it red blood cells and white blood cells and all that kind of thing? And actually, I think... If you've got too many red blood cells or not enough, the doc can actually say to the manager, he's struggling. And you can, as a manager, you can say, oh, you, 
I'm leaving you out the weekend because looks like your Stop levels down, are down. Driven basically, yeah. You see, there's there's physical fitness and there's psychological fitness. Yes. And I think last week, Dan, I think they would have been tireder last week going into the Wolves game yes. because it's a big game and oh, then we have to try and lift ourselves again the following week. Whereas this it's is it. Now. This is it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing to have to worry about after this week. I think yeah. I think that that will be a help psychologically. Yeah, for them. yeah. And it's like 19. You had that three week break and it was a terrible final. Yeah. yeah. I just wonder though, like with the Thiago Fabinho situation are you in it because of what Liverpool need to be at their max you know do, do you risk both of them if you're unsure you know what I mean is there a uh, sense yeah. of do we start both of them if you're weary now you would assume that the, the, the sports science is yeah. at such a high standard they the money for, that they, they will know but obviously you don't want to be wasting a change you I know think, and you see, I think uh, very it's, early I think it's dependent on, on, on your backup and for as good as Liverpool have been this year like those three have well and truly established themselves as Liverpool's best three. I think it's a fair drop down to the next staff. Yeah, like yeah, if it's Keita, yeah. if it's Milner, if it's Curtis Jones, whoever they go with, it's a fair drop down from the three you've got there down to whichever one is going it's to clean after drop those. Down. Isn't it? It's, it's like a big a, drop down. I just, it does make me laugh though when they talk about them being tired and everything because it's, it's like, it, that's in your head, isn't it? Yeah. And if you're winning, if, if you're winning, whatever level, you can play every day. Yeah. Just, just not an issue. We were, I, we did something the other day um, with the LFC TV, and they were talking about um, leading up to the final and everything. They're saying about us in '84. We went to Israel for a week on the lash. Last game of the season, we played Watford away, got on the El Al flight overnight, and we used to play the national team, the Israeli national team. But we always played as soon as we got there because we'd be too lashed up otherwise if we didn't play straight away. And literally, and Joe Fagan was the manager. Was that a sponsorship thing or something? Like, why were you playing the Israel national team? Uh, we, had, we seem to go every year. You know, Pini Zahavi, the super agent. Yes, well, yeah. he was only running the country then. He wasn't a super agent. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Minor so, and he used yeah. to, obviously, the club were getting loads of dough and we were having a good holiday and everything. But it was like, we got back on the Sunday. We train on the Monday. We go we go to um, Rome on the Tuesday. So we literally, uh, we trained when we were there. Yeah. But when I say train, yeah, it was it's a, get everything out of the body and all that kind of stuff. I remember, honestly, I remember really clearly on the Monday when we trained at, at, at Melwood and we always had these five-a-sides and they were good. They were conditioned and everything like that. And I remember Joe Fagan st- stopping it and he went, and he turned to Ronnie Moran, who generally did all the barking and all that kind of stuff, and he said, Ronnie, stop them now, we're ready. And yeah. we just and we'd had a, a week on the lash. <laughs> yeah. You had your um, you'd, you'd hit your level. We'd hit we'd hit our levels and and that was that was um oh what's a, what's her name? Famous uh famous um not Barbara Streisand. Um, this she made Yentl. Have you seen that film Yentl? Yeah, Barbara what? Streisand. Yeah. No, it wasn't Barbara Streisand. Well, was, she was in Yentl anyway. Whatever. I don't oh, know was, who the uh, other person is. Okay. Me and me and Ronnie Whelan met her in the lift. It was so, <laughs> so 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 funny. Honestly, in in Tel Aviv, that's where they were filming and everything. And uh, the lift the lift stopped, and me and him go to go in, and we just saw her, and like said, so these two big burly bodyguards, and she obviously you know must have been used to it, and she went, yes, it's me. Right, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, honey. You know what that is, Laro? Yeah. That is the Streisand effect. But there you yeah. go. But um, you know, we just went and we went. Ah, fair enough. You should have just said yes. It's us. Yeah, in response, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 We were probably three sheets to the wind. In all honesty, <laughs> uh, five, three, one, and six set pieces. <laughs> set pieces will be massive tonight. Liverpool will have four or five taller than Benzema, Madrid's tallest and best defender mm. of corners and frees. Which you might play Canate for because he scores, isn't he? 
Um, yeah, he's done an amazing season. He's 34 years of age. He's got, what, 45 goals in 46 Benzema. games. Yeah. Hot. Hot to trot. 44 and 45. Yeah. He doesn't score scrappies, does he? No. What's the best way of shackling them as a, as a defender? <laughs> Don't let him have the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it basically is that, isn't it? Can't play without the ball, can you? But yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It's always been the best way. I think there was. I, think I read a piece somewhere today where I think the aggregate of Madrid's last five games or something was like fourteen ten in the Champions League. Like you know, do you just expect <sighs> it to naturally that they will hurt you at some stage yeah. in the game? That it, that it's going to be one of those where like Liverpool have this ability to outscore teams, you know, in a, in a sort of a wonderful way. Do you sort of and again? That's what fascinates. Do you overthink me. I, it by getting too conservative in some? I, I in know some Champions ways. League finals can so often disappoint. I'd be stunned if this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I'd be stunned. If this one disappoints I, I I think we're guaranteed three goals plus I really really do I, I don't, and I think they're both the I think they'll go the yeah. well, no, but, but they can't now. defend Madrid can they they have to attack they're, they're not so they've, they've, they've got to be on the front foot haven't they I would have thought I'd be very surprised as well somebody's correcting you Shane Liverpool beat Alaves in 2001 I knew somebody would try and correct me somewhere along the line right. but uh, the Athletic tend to not get too many things wrong so I said I'd roll it out there did beat Alaves though is it since 2001 maybe what that, did I say 2001 yeah sorry so that was you, the question since 2001 yeah, well, that was oh the I year. said turn of it sorry so that's yeah. uh, so it's since that game since John yeah. was yeah. that the 5-4 yeah. 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 that's yeah. it sorry yeah, yeah exactly 5-4 yeah. in the final Gary McAllister yeah Gary Matt yeah yeah, 16 so that's exactly how they phrased it since 2001 yeah so what is the argument for Real then um, well you look back at last year um, and Vinicius Junior and, and, and Trent and how much he got the better of him now the only thing I would say there is uh, look the centre back partnership the, Liverpool were riddled with injuries were they uh, coming into the centre back partnership Matt Phillips, think was, was Matt Phillips and Kabak is that how you pronounce it I think, I think you're right yeah oh, was yeah. the centre back parent that day Where's he <laughs> when they bet them 3-1 yeah. like well, no surprise it was 3-1 with those two as, as a parent at the no. back um, but yeah look they have to be the way Trent bombs forward and, and Vinicius Junior's pace on, on the on the, the, the counter attack they'll definitely you know they have to go after that they clearly went after it last time Tony Cruz played both passes out to Vinicius Junior at that time round I think he'll be looking to zone in on that every single time yeah. he gets it and then just just Modric. The, 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 I was just going to say. I think say, that's like, the Modric argument for Madrid, is isn't it? It's like Modric and Benzema. If all of a yeah. sudden they're experienced A-listers, yeah. show up. You know, that's that's the argument, I suppose. That, you know? And and the other argument, John, is do Liverpool are Liverpool short two of their starting three midfielders? Yeah, <laughs> you know that's just going to be an absolutely massive, massive swing if that's the case. Like I, I think the Liverpool, as good and all as as the Real three are, I think if the Liverpool have their three there, and you look at the energy of of Fabinho and 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 that in terms of hopefully trying to disrupt the other two, um, Modric and Cruz, I think three. If if all three best are on the field, I'd I'd, I'd give it marginally to Liverpool. But if they're down one. They're, you know, it levels out. If they're down two, they're in trouble. Jeez, they're in trouble, big time. Imagine, imagine they start tonight with a midfield three of Henderson, Kate, and Milner. Yeah, it's not good. Mm. Well, say it's not good. You know, and then it's a both, long way you know, short both, of what you'd both players be. are been strongly, you know, strong mm. rumours that they're both in in a bit of trouble. Well, you'd, you'd have the only problem with that is you've got no creativity, have you? No, it'll be if that's start, if that's apart from the fullbacks, yeah. yeah, yeah, but the midfield players, apart from yeah. 
It is Kerry 7 points Limerick 2 in the Munster Football Final in the first half in the Talton Cup Cavan 24 points Dan 1-10 and Leitrim 2-13 Antrim 112. Questions for Laro 53106 or for Dan McDonald and Shane Keegan on Football Saturday we're looking ahead to Liverpool and Real Madrid after this break Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk John Duggan with you through to 8 on this extended show bringing you commentary of Leinster La Rochelle the Heineken Champions Cup final live from Marseille but before that we're talking football Champions League final day Liverpool against Real 8 o'clock Mark Lawrence in studio delighted to have Mark here in Dublin with Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent and the UEFA Pro Licence coach Shane Keegan you can text us 53106 Laura lots of uh, Liverpool people you know are, are going to Paris already there and you know it is a real bond that Klopp has with the players and the team and the mm-hmm. supporters there's a, there's a real I've said they're enjoying themselves now at the moment Poof, last couple of days yeah. I would have thought I mean they say they say they could be upwards of 60,000 yeah. and there's only 19,000 tickets so I just I just hope they behave themselves because it'll be hot in Paris won't it yeah. and they'll be on it they're a club that, that tend to behave themselves these days. Yeah, think. I think so. I think there's always a little bit of an iffy element in about anyone's supporters, but but they get it generally. Yeah. Um, and why would you do anything to upset anyone at the club the way it's going at the moment? Yeah. Klopp is a, Klopp is incredible. Is he exactly what he's like on TV? Yeah. Just the same. There's no act. Yeah. Did you see? His, I don't know if you saw his interview with the girl from um, BBC, um, and she was asking him about with the game and all that kind of stuff, and said would you change your routine, you know, because it's a final? And he went, no. And then he went, I'd still play Wordle every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, it's what you see is what you get. I mean, when he um, when he first signed, I think it was the October, I don't know what year it was, and LFC TV asked him to go to their Christmas party, um, obviously, you know, about a week before actual Christmas. And he said... I'm not going to the party per se, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll come for 15 minutes and you can interview me on stage to the, the lad Peter McDowell. And so, great. So Peter McDowell interviewed him and it was all good, all good. And Pete, Peter McDowell said, so I threw this question in, which was a bit daft, but he said, do you think you're a scouser to Klopp? And he went, yeah. Pete said, why? He said, because I've got a purple wheelie bin. Because you can't have red or blue. What? <laughs> Brilliant! He knew he knew he knew that you had to have a, you had to have a purple bit wheelie bin because you can't have a red one or a blue one because obviously it's Merseyside. And okay. he was like, "Yeah, because I've got a purple wheelie bin." Yeah, mad, isn't he? Yeah, great. It's stuff. just that's just the way that he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, do the players have a? Is, is there an awe that they have? Like, is no. It, is it a bit like Mourinho when Mourinho first came into football? There was that kind of rock star element. To, is there a rock star element to Klopp? Um. No, not quite. Although he's a heavy metal man, isn't he? But no, no, no. I don't think so. Um, ben Teke was the first one. I think he's he just left the club, and he did a great piece. And he said, just said. So somebody said to him, "What what was Klopp like?" And of course, once you've left, you can say maybe mm. things that you wouldn't say when you're there. And he just said, he said he's your mate. He said, but he's not your best mate, which yeah. I thought was yeah. a really yeah. clever thing to say. And that's probably that's the way that he is. Yeah. Um, and he's. You know, I, I go to the training ground quite a bit and stuff, and he's just, he's normal. Absolutely. T- but everybody loves him, and he talks to everybody. And, I mean, the second, um, apart from recruitment, the second most important person at the club is is the girl he took from uh, from Bayern Munich, 
Um, she decides all the food everywhere, and you know if if you if you've just moved, and she'll come round to your house and say to the wife, your wife, you know, he should be eating this, he should be eating that, and all those kind of things. And she's got a glass uh, office uh, upstairs in the in the training ground where she watches every everybody eat everybody eat and everything. And I never knew this, but in the uh, in the new stand in the in the home dressing room, when you finish. You have to walk through this particular doorway, and it's like a mini restaurant, and she makes you eat. Right. And there'd be like four or five different meals for you know different players and all that, but you you have to physically eat because it's obviously just something that's really you've got to replace whatever straight away. Whereas we'd have fourteen pints of Stella, mm. right? It's straight after a game, you're saying? Yeah. Is this? yeah, yeah, straight after a game, and you weren't allowed to go out the other door. You have to go out of this door, and she goes right. Want, pick one of these and it's pasta or you know all those kind of things so yeah he's a, he, the head of the game aren't they precision is amazing yeah, yeah. neuroscientists and obviously yeah. penalties did you it? see that see the little yeah, th- yeah, skull yeah. cap yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah but that that Benteke line is a great line because yeah. that is it he seems to be able like it's such a hard thing to get right he seems to be able to to walk that line perfectly of getting allowing himself to get so close to players without it ever interfering with yeah. his decision making. Yeah. Do you know and what I mean? It just, you know, some of the times when he whips Henderson off and you can see how frustrated Henderson is Salah. and Salah and Salah and different guys and you know, he's obviously very close to a few of them, but yeah. not not when it comes to decision making, it's just doesn't matter. No, who and we are. I think I think I think he now does the Fergie thing, which is so like you're not playing tomorrow, mm. but you're playing on Wednesday. Yeah. So you're not going to come and kick his door down because you know you're playing on Wednesday or you know the following weekend, which I think Fergie was the first one to really do that, and he, he, he definitely does that all the time. I think though, I think you've said on the show as well before, Laro, that you have senior leaders in the dressing room, probably yeah. both clubs that are, you know, Henderson, Milner, Van Dijk, and then in Madrid yeah. you'd have Modric, you'd have Kroos, you'd have. These Benzema, types of, probably. Yeah, Benzema. And it probably makes the manager's job easier. So for Ancelotti, he can be avuncular. He can then decide tactically what he wants to do. Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, you go you go to John Terry at Chelsea, um, Tony Adams, you know, all, all, all those kind of things. And they would, you know, the real, the proper dressing rooms, and the lads will know this, is like they have a finding system for all kinds of different things. And it's it's a little bit lighthearted, but it's also mm. quite serious. And it's it's good. It's good for all of them, and um, you can just tell with Liverpool they're actually, they're all one, aren't they? And there's no kind of big stars, as it were. I mean, if there are, they, they soon get shot down. Our, our day was the same. Um, most, I think, the three jocks probably ran it. Hmm. Um, Hansen, Sunes, and and, and Dalglish, and we were just we were just the same, and we kind of decided loads and loads of stuff. Um, Henderson Laurel, he just comes across as such yeah. a solid professional. Yeah, yeah. Like in, that sense, in terms of the kind of person you want in your dressing room, Milner. Yeah. Yeah, Milner's absolutely. the same. I mean, the big mates as well. Those two, I think, Harry, they re- yeah. live really close to each other. Yeah, and Van Dijk will obviously be involved yeah. as well. And they're all good sorts, aren't they? They're all good sorts, and you know, I think that's definitely um, the difference. But it's it's it was funny because when. When Graeme Souness was made captain instead of Tomo, that they don't particularly like each other, still don't. But they're they're a little bit better now. But I remember pre-season we come in and they'd say to you, right, we're going pre-season tourists wherever. And I'll never forget one year. And, and Graeme had been in the manager's office in Bob Pace's office, and he came in and like laughing. Right, he said, close the door, close the door, get all the kids out, like young apprentices, get all the kids out. And he went, you'll never guess where we're going pre-season, and we're going. Go on then. You'll never ever guess. It's where Marbella. 
So we, we went to Marbella pre-season, could you imagine, in the 80s. And the boot room had no idea. They just thought it was someplace in Spain. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> so we, we play at Casablanca on the way. Money for the club, obviously. Fly into Marbella and everything. And it was like, i never forget, it was like half six at night. And in the hotel we were in, it was like it was full of... It's full of women, as much as anything like that. And uh, they're all they're all walking out into the port into Marbella. Joe Fagan spotted it straight away, and he just went meeting. All right, so we go in this room meeting, and he just went, "We are training tomorrow at half ten. If anybody's late," he said, "for the first time ever, I'll be finding people." Because he just thought, "Oh my God, what's going to happen tonight? What yeah. have we done here?" Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was brilliant, by the way. Uh- <laughs> You're talking about like great. Wasn't there, so. yeah, 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 she wasn't there. No, no, no lifts. Uh, great uh, nights. Obviously, Liverpool have had like uh, Madrid three years ago, um, and and Istanbul. And you were in Istanbul. You were there. Yeah, I was working for Radio Five. So, but my, my pals from Southport, one or two of them, have got a few quid, and they got a private plane. So they got a plane over it, obviously, and all all kind of good, and went went to the game, which was twenty miles outside of Istanbul. You know. And that stadium that had just been built and everything, the road wasn't even finished, and it was it was crap to be quite honest with it. And three um, 0 at half time, wasn't it? Yeah. And so they went. They, they had the they had the um, the skipper waiting at the uh, airport. So they had a straw poll. There was eight of them. They said, "What shall we do?" And one of the lads has gone. Might get beat four one here, or you know whatever. I vote we go back. So they went. Yeah, let's all go back. And thinking, of course, no one's going to be at the airport, so that's great. So they're in the minibus, going to the airport, 4-1. Uh, sorry, 3-1. Boys, what are we doing? Are we turning, telling the fellow to turn around? No, 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 don't worry about it. 3-2, turn round and went back, obviously. Missed the third goal, but saw, saw the rest of it. They let them back in, and I see they're probably in well, that, good you, seats. You could, you, could actually, you could actually walk into that ground that night. Really? Oh, it was it was hopeless. It was absolutely hopeless, and loads of people were walking in. There was just it had been re- recently built. I think the 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 guy, the Turkish guy, was uh, on UEFA's committee. Well, Turkey and UEFA would be well got. Yeah, there you go. yeah. So yeah. and that was it. And it, you, you could just literally just walk in because you see the Madrid fans, the Madrid fans who left yeah, yeah. the, the loads and loads at, of Madrid at fans. one nil. And then, oh yeah, when, when it went well, to extra time, the 90, when it hit the ninety minutes against, back in. against it City, the, yeah, it was the no yeah, the next thing. <laughs> do you know one thing about that? Liverpool, Liverpool fans would never, ever, ever do that, ever. Never yeah, leave, just, never leave. Well, you know, and he's he's convinced of money because he did that thing didn't he, against West Brom, clock where um, Liverpool scored a late equaliser to two two, and he he took them down to the to the uh, cop at the end of the match. And made him wave to the cop and everything. And all the all the journals are going, What was all that about? It was only West Brom who were third bottom. And he said, he said, if I can't convince my supporters that we could possibly score in the last four or five minutes of the game, what what's the point? That's how you know, that's quite clever, isn't it? Mm. Let's make the case for Liverpool then, Laro. What, what what's gonna be the difference? Um well, you know, if it if it's if it is uh, Fabinho and it is Thiago I, th- I think we've got a little bit too much for them, but I just I just worry because sometimes your name's on it, and and looking at uh, Madrid, those three games, what Chelsea, PSG, Man City, so I think it's just going to be really tight. I really do. It's absolutely remarkable. They're looking to win their fifth in fifth in nine years. I know. 
How the hell? Like, that's and we a, look that's at them, we think they've not got that good a team, do we? But they just seem to be able to well, do the this. The young Brazilian lads, are, I think, are very exciting. Yeah. They're only 21 years of age, like Vinicius Jr. and uh, Rodrigo. Like, I don't know if Rodrigo will start. Like, and obviously, Valverde is, is in there as a, an industrious player. But um, I think Mane is playing well. Like, you know, he's playing well at the moment. He's got 13 goals. He's adapted well to that position. Like, do you know, he's, he's, true, he's proper through the middle well, now at the moment, yeah. isn't he? And the other fella can play there as well. Mm. Diaz, he can play through the middle. So... Yeah, I just listen. It's it's the best squad the club has ever ever had. No, I mean they've virtually got two players for each position. If you if you say Gomez can play instead of Trent, obviously not as good, but he can still play there. Sinakas. So, yeah, oh, they love him. They absolutely love him because he's he's the dressing room fool apparently. Right. Yeah, but you know that's one yeah, way it's to throw the play. Someone has to do it. Yeah. Popular. There's always absolutely there's always one, and they look, Klopp loves him as well. But Klopp like. Some of the people around Klopp aren't really football people, but he just likes them because they're quirky and they give off like sort of good vibes and everything. And but they just hang around with the team, and that's just the way he is, isn't he? Just he's just different. Well, they're used to penalties if it yeah. does go that far. Yeah. Oh, God, know, yeah. Not again. Yeah. Not again, please. I feel like if the game goes to 120, if it goes that far, you sort of think, oh, Madrid could could do something in extra time you know I, I feel like Liverpool would win it in 90 in a weird way I think Madrid are just I don't know then you can look at the age thing and completely flip that round and mm. say you know could Madrid run out of I think, winning, I think winning the recent I think winning the cup final on penalties would, would stand to them if yeah. they went to penalties I, just think I think Liverpool that have would the give them a little bit of an, a mental steal that look lads been here before pretty recently yeah not a and no one, no one generally takes bad penalties anymore do they no very no. very rarely very rarely. But I think I think I think Liverpool have the ability to blow Madrid away if they really are on a really good day. Yeah. But I think the longer the game goes on and if it's tight, you just you just you just wonder a small bit about the Madrid yeah. sort of the old dogs. You know what I mean? The stars. So, yeah. It's going to be hot, isn't it? Yeah. Which is another factor. I mean, I can, Liverpool- can you keep pressing for ninety minutes if it's really hot? It's yeah, build up, win in the ninety, but it's when you go to the ninety to one twenty, it becomes a little bit more build up on the on the day, Laura. Would 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 like say in eighty four, build up to the final? Key. Did you change your routine? Did you go for a sleep in the middle of the day? Like what would what anyway. would players be doing right now? Like? We did that anyway. So um, yeah, they'd probably be kipping. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, maybe gone for a walk this morning. Oh, they wouldn't have trained. Yeah. Gone for a walk and just off to your rooms but I mean it's different now because we'd always be two of us in a room they're just on their own aren't they now and it's just mm. but yeah yeah they'll just be, just be resting up 53106 uh, lads what a brilliant show Laura's stories are all pure goals and my man you fan says uh, John and Taryn you're in Dublin so thanks for your text John and hi Laura beverage of choice in the sun says Mark in the sun <laughs> gin and tonic and in the in, in, the, pub. Sunny, in the pub <laughs> gin and tonic right <laughs> I've stopped okay. drinking wine yeah. were you ever a Guinness man Laura yeah 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 yeah, I did a big advert for Guinness in 1982 all um, on the billboards all over Dublin. Right. And it was, I wasn't actually in the shot. It was just like a scarf and a, and obviously a pint of Guinness. And it was, there's no substitute for Mark Lawrenson. And I, I brought my lad across here for his first pint and he insisted we go to the Guinness store. And it was there and he, he was actually for once quite impressed. <laughs> he didn't think he about the football he, he didn't think his dad was a tosser that day and he said oh that was that's quite cool isn't it the Guinness ad I mean there you yeah. go you went yeah. Howard I got yeah. two grand two well two what would be punts wouldn't it punts for yeah. in the early 80s yeah, yeah. it's a nice few quid back yeah. then that's under a quarter of a million in case, ta- now, in, ca- <laughs> yeah. in case the tax man's listening I'd, no I didn't <laughs> in tokens in tokens punts yeah, don't yeah, exist anymore it. anyway that's it yeah I used to have Guinness and black 
because I didn't like the taste. Blackcurrant. Blackcurrant. Yeah, and I failed my medical at Brighton. <laughs> too much, too much um, blackcurrant in my blood. I'd been away with Preston lads before I signed, <laughs> and I had, and the doc says to me, you, "You're diabetic," and I went, "No, I'm not." He said, "Well, you are. I was having a blood test every hour for about six hours, and they were going to call the deal off and everything." And he just happened to say, "Where have you been?" And I said, oh, "I've been to a Benny Dome of all places with the boys." He said, "Do you drink?" And I thought, oh, "What shall I say?" <laughs> I Bina. wanted to sign. <laughs> yeah, I should have done. And I went, "Oh yeah, I've had loads of Guinness." He went, "Oh, that shouldn't do it." I went, "But they have black currant in it." Dot. And he went, "Oh my god!" And then he said, "Then he realised, and it was fine." Got to call the verdicts quickly. Verdict on tonight: Liverpool, Real Madrid. Shane Keegan, two one Real. Dan McDonald. I think they're full of that. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know, I'll say 2 1 or something in the 90, but I think in the 90, I think they're full to win it in the 2 0, 90. In the, in, in the 90. Laro, you're a legend. Uh, and it's Not been, a legend in my own house. It's been, it's been a, well, you are here and, uh, and in the country. And in the country, it's been a pleasure to have you in and off the ball. Oh, enjoyed uh, it. Saturday here on News Talk. It's nice uh, to see where you actually work from. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Is American. it called slave labour? Is that right? Uh, in no, it's not. No, we're all, we're all very well looked after. And, you know, and I don't have a gun to my head off here to, to say that. So, no, pleasure, Laro. Thanks so much. And I uh, look forward to speaking to you next season. So, that is Football Saturday for now. Remember, we're on air until 8 o'clock this evening. We're showcasing live commentary of the Heineken Champions Cup final between Leinster and La Rochelle. Conor Morris and Brent Pope are in Marseille for us. We'll hear from them after four. The match kicking off at 4.45. We'll also get updates as well from Kerry and Limerick and Dublin and Kildare on the show this evening. We're off to the Stade Velodrome in Marseille to speak to the match commentators. After this break, don't go away. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports